to Y2B Fit Talks, where we dive deep into the world of fitness, health, and wellness. Join us as we have heart-to-heart conversations with members of our vibrant boutique fitness studio right here in the heart of Philadelphia. Discover how our unique approach helps our clients build consistency and discipline for long-lasting health and well-being. Welcome back. Well, welcome to. Yeah. We're here again. Continuing our talk about how we started, why we started, who we are. And a little bit more concise now because we're going to be talking about um, kind of rebranding fitness in and uh, how we view it. And actually, this is based upon a lot of different conversations that Crystal and I have had over years and you know, build on philosophies that we've studied and, and, you know, belief systems that we've put in place with our own, you know, fitness practices. So we're going to call this one rebranding fitness. I like it. So we don't think, or, you know, we kind of agree on this, but we don't think fitness is so broken, right? Um, It's an amazing amount of good for a lot of people. But I think in starting wide to be fit, we decided it needed a little bit of an upgrade, uh, a re-ban- re- re- blah, 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 rebranding, so to speak. And fitness is generally very young as an industry. I mean, it was only with our parents' age that you know they started like actually going to the gyms and working out and things like that. And now it's kind of really evolved and exploded as an industry. And we're going to take some steps back with this rebrand and figure to look at the past of what has been done in movement and fitness and try to apply some of the things that have maybe worked for thousands of years, even before the industry started and, uh, you know, bring them to present day and, uh, give you our take on, uh, our beliefs and what we practice. So first and foremost, this all kind of came about because we believe that we need to reframe our thinking around it, around what fitness is, um, what it can do for someone. And the reason being is we see a lot of people come in and, and doing and trying this thing and not being successful. Right. Because their view of fitness is that it's a means to an end, right? Mm. Tell me about that. Well, like it's, you know, usually they come in with the intention of like they have to lose weight or they have to gain mobility or they have a specific, you know, event that they're working towards where they, you know, want to look good or they, you know, want to run a 5K or they have some specific goal in mind. So it's like a means to achieve that. People think of fitness as a means to an end as opposed to like a lifestyle practice, right? So, you know, they come in with the intention of like, I want this outcome. I want to lose weight. I want to fit into these pants. I have this event coming up. So like that's what they're looking to achieve, right? Mm -hmm. And then fitness is their means to get to it. Mm -hmm. But we want to instill in people that fitness is more than an outcome. It's really a way of life, right? It it improves our health and our longevity. It prevents a lot of diseases and helps to like, you know, make us feel good mentally Mm -hmm. as well as physically. Especially, you know, if you work a sedentary job where you're sitting all day, like it feels good to move your body. And that's what a lot of people say after they do move, like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize how stiff my body was or how much I needed to move. I think in my, all my conversations, the number one objective of people, and I wrote this down, is 
to feel better about themselves. Mm. And that's like the top of the pyramid, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there's a disconnect and almost every client says this. Somewhere in between, you know, I just want to feel better. I just want to feel better. Do you think that they want to feel better physically or do you think that they're thinking of it more like if they look a certain way, they'll feel better? I think it's very much when people come in, generally speaking, it's some very surface level things, right? It's this, um, I need stress relief and I've heard exercise does does this, Mm. right? Like that's just... And that's, and, and, and maybe I want to be a little bit healthier and that's what they start out with. Right. Um, but a lot of times stress relief that doesn't, depending on the environment, that doesn't happen because it's more, um, as we've known, um, stress environment, these environments can be very much stress producing. You mean fitness environments? Yeah. I mean, think about, um, you know, I've worked in the gym industry and um, the nervousness of people walking into a strange place with all this funny equipment that is um, from somebody coming in for the first time and not knowing what they're doing. Um, You're sold into something that you're like, I don't know, this is going to be it. And you're, you're motivated into it. And it's like, how do I do this? Yeah. You know? what if I do it wrong or how much of this and how much of that and everything like that. And the one descriptor I use is I, I related to reading. Mm-hmm. So imagine going in to, you don't know how to read and you go into first grade and they give you a 12th grade textbook and they start going through things and going through high level stuff. You're not going to understand it. You're right. not going to feel comfortable whatsoever. And even people that are in shape, um, I remember my first gym experience uh, was at a racket club and I was in great physical shape, but I didn't know how to use the equipment. I I just played sports my whole life. I didn't know what a chest press was or what I should be doing and how much of this and how much of that. I just, I didn't know. Right. So, you know, even somebody that was in shape needed that understanding and knowledge and develop as a reader almost. So I think when people first come in, one of the best things that we can do is kind of reframe everything and give them, um, help them with their expectations, mm-hmm. help them with their understanding of what this is going to look like and understand where they're starting out. Um, in a much better way than has been done, you know, in the past. That's right. You like you meet people where they are, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like trying to have them come up to where you are. You're meeting them where they are. And I think a lot of places are not equipped to kind of handle that. Right. Well, I mean, I I've been in a lot of gyms that just aren't super friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people say hi at the front desk. It's not like they're they're rude, but like. There's no one really there showing you how to do things, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just like you kind of walk in and you have to figure it out on your own. And you may or may not be doing it correctly. And maybe even like you read things on the internet of like, oh, you should do these exercises, but you don't know if you're doing them right. And then there's always like the, 
um, you know, are you using enough resistance? Are you using the right tempo? Like, the, so there's so much that goes into it that like when you're doing it on your own that you might not figure out. So this kind of brings us to yoga and kind of based upon our philosophy and, and where kind of we're coming with that and yoga in our reading and understanding is a practice. And that's such a, a, a beautiful word and what a practice is and means in my view is really it's, um, it requires, a practice requires patience uh, with ourselves if we want to improve. So as we kind of practice our practice, uh, we get better and deeper into it and it doesn't mean that you need to achieve this result in six weeks it just means that you're going to be doing it and eventually as your practice deepens you get that right and it's like if you're relating it to yoga it's interesting to think of like yoga there's a practice on the mat and off the mat right so it's kind of like there's fitness when you're in your actual workout and then there's also work to be done outside of the actual workout hmm. right so it's like that idea of on and off the mat yoga it's like continuing to have patience with yourself you know in the day-to-day -day. and also um you know doing the things outside of working out that help you to achieve health right like hmm. how you eat um how you approach things in your life like how you approach stress, right? A lot of stress is caused by our reaction to it more so than what actually is happening to us. Mm -hmm. And in that practice, off the mat, we can kind of learn to change our approach, which kind of comes to that whole idea of lifestyle. So one of the things, and maybe we'll go into a little bit about this, but you know, kind of your background in yoga and, and my beginning background in yoga, and how we take this practice and um, help our clients progress um, and give them um, a framework, mm. and ex you know, the expectations and understanding of what this is going to look like as they start to, to progress their practice. Mm -hmm. So... Tell me a little about how you discovered yoga, and then we'll start to relate that to kind of uh, fast forward to how you use that in your own fitness practice. Okay. Movement practice. Yeah. So discovered yoga. Um, I think I discovered yoga as, I don't know, a preteen or young teen. Um, That's true. Yeah. Well, at my friend's house, her mom um, had yoga VHS, I think. I think it was VHS. It wasn't even DVD. Oof. I know I'm dating myself, um, but yeah. I would date you. Thanks. She <laughs> she had yoga VHS, um, and it wasn't like something that was super popular at that point. I guess it was like the mid to late '90s. I'll just be out with it. '90s or <laughs> right? Um, and yoga was kind of like on the fringe. So to me, it was like oh, really interesting. And I remember after we kind of encountered the video, we were, you know really into it, but into it. And we started getting yoga books out of the library and kind of reading about yoga philosophy and, and like practicing the poses. I had no idea what I was doing, but it seemed cool. 
at the time. So that was kind of like my intro to yoga and what got me interested in it. And then I got more into it. Um, I took yoga as my fitness class in college. Nice. So um, that was probably, I think it was the summer between my first and second year of college. I took that, which really inspired me in, into kind of making it a daily practice of my own. Because after that, I started taking yoga classes. Mm. And what, what kind of, what was the hook there? What kept you coming back? For me, it was because yoga was more than just a, a physical practice, right? There was so much more to it. There was always like deeper layers to uncover. It was like this big onion, right? And the physical practice was like just peeling off the first layer. And I guess I really liked the way it made me feel, not just physically, but mentally. Like it, it helped me to feel really calm when I was doing it. With all the breathing and the... With the breathing and also like, yes, like there was like physical movement to it, but it didn't require a lot of output from me because it required me to be quiet and to kind of turn inward mm. more so than like talk and, and like produce. Yeah. You're just, you're just encouraged to kind of just be. Mm. Yeah, I remember my first experience and... uh we were, I was in my 20s, and we were rock climbing at the time, and, and, and somebody said, hey, do you want to go to a yoga class? And I said, sure. So the first time we went, um, it was the weirdest thing, because I was like, yeah, this is my first time and everything, and I tried to do all this stuff and muscle through things, because that's what, you know, with a lot of ego that I did. And what happened, I got done the end of it, I'm laying in Shavasana and I'm like this and I got up and I'm like, whoa, I'm pretty lightheaded here. And like, it felt like I was like almost drugged because I had done so much breathing. They were like, breathe. I'm like, I'm breathing and breathing. And I breathed so much in that class that I just had so much oxygen in me. I literally felt lightheaded. And I was like, wow. I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, being the 26 year old, uh, you know, kind of guy, I was like, this is pretty cool. Like yoga gets you high. Mm. Right. And, uh, that was my first introduction to yoga. And then, um, I did a lot of other things, but I didn't really kind of get back to it. Um, and I didn't go deep into it and, you know, fast forward to now, which I'm in yoga teacher training and not that I might ever teach, but maybe, but that's, I believe the way that you deepen your practice because it's so much more encompassing and you learn more about it and it informs, I believe like kind of the whole movement practice. And this is the thing that, you know, we try to, you know, kind of teach our clients. So it's within my practice that I'm doing these things that hopefully I can impart, you know, these lessons and, and help my clients, you know, develop their own movement practice. Mm -hmm. So. Are you wanting to take your fitness journey to the next level? Look no further than Y2B Fit, Philadelphia's premier boutique fitness studio. With our personalized training programs, you can achieve your fitness goals, whether you're recovering from an injury, preparing for an event, or simply aiming to move your body better. Our experienced trainers will create a program tailored to your needs and lifestyle. But that's not all. Our group fitness classes offer an array of high energy options from bar and TRX classes to soothing yoga flows. 
With multiple instructors and weekly class times, you're sure to find your new favorite way to work out. Don't wait any longer to transform your health and well-being. Head over to Y2B Fit's website at www.y2bfit.com to learn more and become a member today. Here's a really good question. It's a great question. What, what can yoga teach us about our own movement or fitness practice? Well, I think yoga teaches us about self-discipline, right? It's like in yoga, you're encouraged to create like a daily sadhana or practice, right? And that practice doesn't have to be an hour like in a studio. It can be five minutes. It doesn't even have to be physical. It can be just breathing or it can be like some other form of yoga. Um, so I think it teaches us to show up, right? Like because in yoga, like it's really about showing up. And, and presence. And presence. So when you're... When you're in your practice, your movement practice, whatever it is, whether it's yoga or it's weight training or it's cardio, it's really about showing up like for it, even on the days when you don't really want to, because there's always days where your motivation is low, right? And that's kind of where self-discipline takes over. Mm -hmm. So it's about like, you know, you decided this was something you wanted. So committing to it as a daily practice mm -hmm. and then also like being present when you're in it. Because a lot of times our mind is, you know, in yesterday or in tomorrow. It's not like in the workout when we're in it. So reminding ourselves like continuously sometimes that I'm here right now. Hmm. Do you think a lot of people miss that in actual like training in here and, and just in their, their <clears throat> you know, fitness in general? Yeah, I mean, I think people in general don't think of fitness the same way they, they think of yoga if they do yoga too, right? Fitness is more of like a physical activity. Um, but in yoga, we're taught like how we like approach one thing is how we approach everything. Mm. So if we're approaching our yoga practice mindfully or our eating mindfully, it, it would lend itself to also approaching like our physical activity mindfully. And that means like listening to your body in the moment. Like if something doesn't feel good, not continuing with it. And maybe there's a little tweak you need to make, right? Like maybe you need to move your leg out one inch more when you do your lunge because where you have it placed just doesn't feel right. And because we're listening and we're present, we're able to make that, right? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of fitness that I've experienced is very much not being present mm -hmm. because you're focused on well how many calories did i burn and is the class almost over and this exercise is really tough and i forgot these three things from work and blah 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 blah, blah. Right. and it just keeps going on and on and on and there's there's an amazingness that happens when we become present in that and and part of that presence is realizing like Oh, I am, I suck at this, or I am not good at this at all. Or like, this is really hard for me. Yeah. Like I can't do this. And then saying, well, give it a try. Yeah. And beautiful things might turn out. It's like being present for, for the challenging parts, right? A lot of times, like as something gets hard physically, we try to take our mind somewhere else, right? Like I have to like grit my teeth through this because I have to get to the end like to make my workout hard enough mm -hmm. but it's really more about like 
just being present and and like enduring like the experience right like feeling when things are hard we tend to avoid challenges mentally right so in your movement practice have where have you experienced this what most? challenges yeah with with how is this mindset to help you in your movement practice with say bar or strength training or any of those things well i think one like showing up right like that's kind of some of it for me is like this is part of my practice like this is part of what i do mm-hmm. you know um and being in the moment when things are hard like recognizing that they're hard and then also like deciding like is it hard enough that i need a break or is it at a point where i can like endure this and keep breathing through it because i find that there's not much physically that my breath can't help me through if i really focus on my breathing hmm. yeah i find myself quitting sometimes in bar class because i'm like oh, i'm at my my limit but then i'm like wait a minute i wasn't hmm. I should have went a little bit further. And and let me correct that on the next one. Let me figure that out on the next one. Well, I read an interesting quote, and I don't know who it's from, but it was like your mind gives up when you still have about 40% physical energy. Hmm. So like, I always try to remind myself of that. So I'm like, okay, my mind's ready to give up, but I still have like 40% of my energy left, so I have to keep pushing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps me in determining like, do I really need a break? Or is it just my mind that's like, no, you should stop. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're trained to conserve energy, right? Like, you don't want to push yourself that far. Yeah, there's always this give and take and kind of fight with the brain because our brains like to keep us safe, yeah. neurologically speaking. Right. And this is not something that's safe because it's making us really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think based upon that, it, we get into the resistance and... One of the things where yoga can really inform our movement practice is that that resistance, when we feel it, yoga can help us say, okay, well, you know, you did it last time, you know, this is, this is what you're committing to, and this is your practice and you're going to deepen this. And this is what is important to you. This is what's going to make you feel better. And that's where all this good stuff starts to come in rather than say, well, you know what, I'm not going to do it today. Right. And what I always like about yoga is like the idea of it's like getting comfortable with discomfort because a lot of yoga poses are slightly uncomfortable, right? I mean, you never want to push to like a point of like pain, but like it's like allowing yourself to be comfortable in that slight discomfort. And that's where your breath comes in, right? Like you get into a certain pose and you're like, "Mm, I could stay here, but I don't really, I'm not sure if I like it, but your breath can kind of take you through it. It's like that balance of effort and ease, right? You have to like straddle it. Hmm. Now, on the other side of things, as you started getting more and deeper into yoga, what, besides the stress relief and a couple other things, where did the other benefits start to come in? I feel like in general, yoga benefits like mind and body, right? Mm -hmm. So definitely lots of mental benefits, but physically like, I feel like it made me much stronger for other things in ways that I didn't really think that it would. For instance? Um, I think like, I, I, I think that it, I don't know this for sure, but I think that it like strengthens your fascia 
-hmm. And I think that it also like in your joints, mm -hmm. um, because I find that when I go into new movement practices, mm -hmm. like my mind body awareness is much stronger to the point that like I pick things up quicker. Hmm. It's kind of like muscle memory, but that's not like a real term, so to speak. Proprioception. Yeah, that's the real term. <laughs> there we go. But nobody can say that. I can even say that. Um, okay. And um, with yoga, what frameworks have you taken and applied to your movement practice that have really helped you become consistent? What do you mean by frameworks? Like your breath. Mm. Like um, your commitment to it. Yeah. Well, I definitely think the idea of like a daily practice or daily sadhana, as you would say it in yoga, is a good one because it's a reminder of like this is something you do every day. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not it's not something that like you just do some days or you do when you feel like it. Like this is something that I do for my own physical and mental well-being. So I think that's definitely something I've taken into like my regular movement practice because like I don't do like physical yoga asana every day anymore, but I try to do some type of physical movement practice, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously like the breath awareness because I'm always like focusing on like, when am I inhaling? When am I exhaling? Like, am I breathing? Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people don't breathe when they exercise. One of the first things we do when an exercise gets hard is we start to hold our breath. Mm. So, and you see like when you tell someone to breathe, they're like, like, it, like you see like this ease come over their face. And then also like they're experiencing the challenge more because they're not holding it with their breath. They're not like holding all this tension in their body. They're letting themselves kind of relax into the movement. And that's where like, you know, yoga is about effort and ease and the ease comes from your breath and you kind of see that ease wash over someone when they start breathing. So I think definitely breathing and then also like mind-body awareness, which I think comes from breath, but like just always being aware of like, what is my body doing right now? So like not trying to rush through it, you know, taking it nice and slow. Like your workout doesn't always have to be fast and really sweaty for it to be effective. Sometimes like doing the movements really slow can be even more powerful because you're engaging all the muscles and you can feel them engaging. Like I really, I really like that. Mm. I like that. I think it gives us time to kind of go in and, and figure those things out. That's also on a side note, it's why we don't have mirrors in here. Yeah. Um, because we don't want people looking outward. Uh, we want them looking inward. And when you start to look at a mirror, that mirror is kind of telling you, you know, the mind runs wild a little bit. It's telling you this or telling you that or this looks. And really, we should be looking inward, asking ourselves, how do I feel in this movement? Am, am I breathing right in this movement? And that felt good. Or, or let me change that um, based upon what's going in on the inside, rather what's coming what we're looking at and is getting reflected back to us. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've been in gyms and fitness classes with mirrors and I mean, I get really distracted by the mirror. I'll be like, oh, I don't like like the way my shirt looks or I should have worn something else or like, oh, is there food in my teeth? 
or like then I'm like looking at other people in the room like oh do they know how to do this the right way like how do I look compared to that person am I doing this right and then I'm not really like feeling the workout anymore or like focusing on anything present no not at all not in the experience anyway and that kind of leads to another thing and it's this great quote that it gets I repeat a lot and it's like um comparison is the stealing of joy Mm Like the stealer or something thief. like that. The thief. thief. Eh, better word. Um, and, you know, when we're in these workout classes in these gyms, a lot of times that's like the first thing where our mind goes to a lot. And I think when you go into a yoga practice or a yoga studio, and if you've done yoga before, it's this yoga's for everyone. Everybody's accepted. You, you don't know. have to look a certain way. You don't have to know how to do yoga. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, in what, what happens is it's just they're like, and it's reiterated again and again and again, so much that you're like, okay, I get it, I get it. But it's like, it's your practice. They say it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's your practice. So that is something that we try to help our clients with. Yeah. Is like, this is your time. It says, it, this is your hour. It says it on a little board over there. This is your practice. You know, kind of like make the most of it. Yeah. How are you going to use it? Are you going to be present for it? Yeah. And so many times, um, one of the things that I know you like to do a lot and that I do also is we'll cue, like, how did that feel? Or what did you feel? Where did you feel? And those questions start to, you have to ask yourself and take a step back and be like, oh, well, some people are like in the beginning, they're like, I didn't feel anything. <laughs> and, and because they're not being present in the mm-hmm. moment. And then they're like, wait, I feel this pull right here, or this feels tight right here. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's where you should be feeling it. We're doing a deadlift. Right. Right. So we've tried yeah. to take a lot of these little things that we've done and just add them into regular working out so people can make those connections right um i believe yoga has some amazing frameworks because it's been used for thousands of years before even fitness existed right and um something's been around for thousands of years and people keep doing it more and more it has some staying power and usually when i try to see hey like what works what doesn't you check the fruit on the tree right does it have a lot of fruit there and like people's lives have been transformed by yoga. And it's like, well, it's just movement, you know, whatever. But no, there's there's a lot going on there. I, I think if we were going to rebrand fitness, I think that I'd call it a movement practice. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, no, I like that. Because it, it makes it so it's not, it doesn't have that quick results feeling anymore, right? It's a practice. So, you know, a practice doesn't usually lead to an end result because we have to keep practicing to keep getting better. One of the questions I always ask clients is, and, and well, in the beginning, it's more of a statement. I said, okay, now one of the goals is you're probably gonna have to do this for the rest of your life mm-hmm. in some form or another. And if that's the case, if that is to be true, then how will that inform your workouts? And they're like, oh, well, maybe I won't go as hard sometimes. Oh, maybe I'll listen to myself more when I'm not feeling right. Mm -hmm. Doing something different. 
like maybe going for a walk rather than do this hard, you know, leg session that's going to be an hour of my time. Right. Um, because it, again, it's about the process and the practice of it and doing it for the rest of our lives rather than the result. And I have this uh, story to kind of like hit that home. And it's like, it's, it's the story of the rabbit. And you've probably heard this story so many times from me and the tortoise. And there's this famous fable that where you have the two and they're going for a race. And the story is the rabbit runs out really fast. He's way ahead of the turtle and he ends up falling asleep. And the turtle comes along. He's just slow and steady, wins the race, slow and steady, wins the race. He's not worried what the rabbit's doing. He doesn't care. He's just focused on the process and the practice. One foot in front of the other, keep going, keep going. And, you know, as the story goes, he ends up winning the race. And I tell people, you know, when they're like, hey, I need to get a result. I'm like, awesome. We, we can do that there. But the way that we're going to go about this is much different. Right. Okay. Because you're going to have to do this for the rest of your life. There's two skills. There's getting to that point and the result point and keeping that point and the result point. Right. And they both lend to slow and steady wins the race. Right. Okay. Because once you get a result, it's like that, what movie is it? I think it was like, dude, where's my car? When they're in the drive-thru and they're like, and then, and he gives the order and she's, and the woman on the end of the, the, the drive-thru is like, and then, and he's like, and then I'll take a Coke. And she's like, and then, and that's how I feel that like our practice is. It has to, you just, you're like, okay, great. You know, you did it today. Okay. Well, and then what's the next thing? Oh, well, I have to do that tomorrow. Okay right yeah. it's it's a constant practice it's better a lot of times to go slow like a turtle so that you can actually learn and breathe and 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 internalize and figure out you know step by step rather than rushing through to get this thing and then you stop and you're burnt out right and if that's the one thing that clients take from you know what we teach them it's like just be a turtle yeah. you'll get there. Yeah. And I think the old way of fitness is very good at selling the rabbit, right? And selling that, that result. We want to rebrand it to, instead of thinking about the result, think about like what happens then, like what happens after you get the result? Like, and that's more what we're focused on. Yeah. So if we can kind of put this in a, a neat little thing, it's like, okay, your movement practice over time, this is what it looks like turns into a habit mm -hmm. habits happen where like neurological function drops and you don't have to think about things so much you just kind of like start to do them so if you do yoga every day guess what after a certain amount of days or wherever it's different for everybody there's research back with it but it's just like you have to keep going it doesn't matter if it's 21 days oh i got the 22 i stopped no you just keep going or i'm not quite there yet you have to go a little further it turns into habit so practices done over time turn into habits Habits over time turn into skills. And when we practice and have our movement practice, we're building these skills so that we're able to do it for the rest of our life again and again. Right. Consistency over time. And I think that's, you know, what the turtle exemplifies.
that just keep plodding along. Yeah, just keep going. No matter what. Hmm. Just keep going. Keep doing it. Keep showing up. <laughs>